Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. You're in the clubhouse with Kyle Bailey. Back on a Monday, Sports Radio FNZ. Kyle Bailey with you. Evan Smoke Ludwig in the cockpit. Mark Seidel back in studio lending a hand on a Monday morning. We got a bunch to get into. A bunch to get into. And I was the, I want to I want to start here because I wasn't sure that I was going to go here right off the top, but after a conversation that I just had with Mac and Bone, but specifically Mac walking down the hallway a couple of minutes ago. I kind of have to. Have we become so sensitive as as sports fans, as a society, that everybody is, is getting their feelings hurt all the time over everything? This Luka Doncic, uh, Montrez Harrell thing. First of all, Luka was incredible yesterday. You know, I, I fired off a tweet after he hit like the second 26-foot step back against the Clippers yesterday in the fourth quarter saying Luca's about to uh, to beat the Clippers all by his lonesome. My goodness, this kid's playing his tail off. And then, of course, he does exactly that, hitting a step-back 26-footer at the horn to beat the Clippers and even up that series two games apiece. Now, that, that Luca plays for the, the Mavericks. They're down in Orlando. This is not a hyper-local story here so much as it's the story in the NBA. And quite frankly, the Hornets now with the third overall pick can possibly go find themselves you know, a Luca or something along those lines. And hopefully, unlike the Atlanta Hawks, not trade him away. But a couple of days ago, apparently Montrez Harrell calls Luka Doncic a B.A. white boy. All right, now think badass, but it replace bad for, you know, the other bad B word that we can't say. It's one of those awkward things that we're not going to say on the radio a bunch because, you know, there's kids out there listening. But he called him a B.A. white boy after a game a couple of days ago. And we got people talking. They got to suspend Montrez Harrell. They got to suspend him. They need to force him to apologize. This is unbelievable that he could get away with that. If the roles were reversed. Stop. Stop. Everybody just take a breath. This is sports. How many times, if you're being honest with yourselves, have you played pickup ball with your buddies? And, and you've, I, I was just telling Mac beforehand, you know, up until I, you know, I really started taking work more seriously and, and ran out of all this free time. Me and my buddies were playing pickup all together three times a week, a way to get out, you know, get some runs in to exercise, to spend some time together. But we're competitive. I can't tell you how many times fights broke out. Guys said nasty things to each other in the middle of a game. Nearly fights breaking out if one didn't actually break out. And then by the end of it, we're all planning on where we're going to go have beers together after the fact. 
And and so, of course, Montrez Harold calls Luca a B.A. white boy. And before this could even really blow up and, 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 you know, become the story that it's been for the last 24 hours, in part because Luca was incredible yesterday, Montrez Harrell goes to Luca at half to, or before the game and says, hey, bud, sorry about that. Got carried away. They squashed it. It was all good. What would have been funny is if Luca had shown up wearing a B.A. white boy T-shirt to the, to the game yesterday and worn it for shoot around prior to the start of that game. But this is where we are right now. Everyone is looking for a reason to be angry, to be offended, to try to do a what about, to get back at some group for saying something that hurt their feelings. So now they're going to use it. Stop. So we have forgotten how sports work, I think. We've forgotten how, you know, grown men, young men with testosterone operate sometimes. You might not like it. It's not really about condoning it. But we're talking about decades of behavior of young athletic peak of their athletic powers, young men who compete and say horrible things to each other in the middle of doing so. If you if you've never been on a football field or around a football field during a game. Oh, you you I don't know that you'd survive if you're one of those that's that's highly offended by this this morning. What was said to uh, to Luca? If you've never heard it, man, you think it's bad. Basketball courts are bad. Like Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, hell, go back to Larry Bird, some of the nasty things those guys said to each other on the floor and said to their opponents. I mean, I hear smoke in the background saying Cornbread Maxwell. I've, Cornbread has told me some of the things that he would say to opponents on the floor, some of the things that he whispered in James Worthy's ear during the NBA Finals. I mean, the pearl clutching that is going on today over this Luka Doncic Montrez here, he called him a B.A. white boy. Suspend him to the moon. Stop. This is sports. These guys compete. It's like the whole hockey thing, you know, with the fighting in hockey. I was thinking about that driving down the road yesterday. And I was thinking about the fact that you got these people out here that want to say, oh, it's just, it's so primitive. It's for cavemen. It's not safe. Get it out of the sport. Who am I to tell these guys that to run something out of their sport that they still believe is a necessary part of it? You know, Mike Maniscalco, Tom Glavin, all these guys came on and said, no, leave fighting alone in hockey. This is their sport. They value it. They think it's important. Leave it alone. Okay, in, in the NBA, guys trash talk the hell out of each other on the floor. There have been some terrible. Remember what Kevin Garnett said to Carmelo Anthony about his wife back in the day about Lala? I mean, I, when you, if you think this is bad, go back and listen to some of the things that Larry Bird and Cornbread and Magic Johnson and especially Michael Jordan said to each other on the floor. But now there's this epic meltdown. Because Montrez Harrell called Luka Doncic a B.A. white boy and then, of course, did the right thing, walked up to him before the game yesterday and squashed it. Because that's also what grown men do. Be it pickup basketball, church, church league softball. Anybody ever played in the church league softball league? Oh, yeah. Mark Seidel, you know what I'm talking oh, yeah. about. You will not hear fouler, more foul language in any other intramural sporting event anywhere than in a church league softball game. Yeah. I mean, you, you, these guys show up on Sunday morning praising the Lord, but they go out on a Wednesday night and they will dog cuss a home plate umpire. Oh, yeah. And, and, and people saying, imagine if the roles had been reversed. Well, guess what? The roles weren't reversed. They weren't reversed. They really weren't. And there's, there's a lot worse things you can say to somebody than that. It, I, I remember when men were men. <laughs> Man up, put your big boy pants yeah, on. Yeah, you can't say that now. Like I can remember being, you know, playing like YMCA ball when I was like 12 years old and talking crap. You know, like 
Well, it's, right. It's just it's what you do. It, 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 it is, and it's all, but it, it's it's hurtful to a lot of people. They they not they're not used to it. They haven't Aww. experienced it, and so now all of a sudden it's it's this cardinal sin of sports that has to be removed from the. Let these dudes play and let them do what they do, because we're now in this era where everybody's got a phone. Everything that's said is is picked up on, and and everything is run with and turned into a a huge controversy. You know, because we we're privy to all the things that are said all the time now, and I and I understand people are going to come at me, and they're going to say, and I've already got them on the text line. I mean, I I, I knew this was going to come on the text line. I got people coming at me saying that uh, you know you're on the wrong side of it. It's a double standard if you look at the other way. It's a racial slur. No, I understand that, but not everything is intended to be filtered through that. Not everything should be looked at in that way. We are in a hypersensitive moment in time. Some re- for some reason it's understandable. Others it, it's it's runaway. You know the, the train's off the tracks. It's a runaway train. Okay, we are in a hypersensitive time where everyone is either looking to be offended or looking to get back at someone who says they were offended. You know, looking for some perceived double standard and everything. The the things that I've been called playing pickup basketball, playing church league softball, just playing sports in general, only to squash it later on. We got to stop being so soft. Yeah. I mean, Luca's fine. Montrezl Harold apologized. Man, I, I took it too far. My bad. And then it's all Luca, good. And then Lucas steps up and hits a game winner. It, do, do, and by the way, do I think for those of you who are just screaming at me, what about what about that? If Luca had gone in the other direction, you know, and called him a BA black boy, that it would have blown up. Yeah, it probably would have. I'm not denying that. All I'm saying is, there, there's a, there's a great book that I read about a year ago. It's called the the subtle art of not giving a bleep. Right. And it's it's a little bit of pop psychology, but it was a lot better than I thought it was. And the gist of it is we only have so many bleeps to give in our brain, in our emotional well-being. This isn't one of them. This is some age old, tried and true, time tested trash talk that, again, the guy who delivered it, Montrez Harrell, said, my bad, man, I, I, I took it a little too far. You're my guy. And of course, yesterday, Luca gets the ultimate, you know, comeback and and hits that game winner to tie up the series at two games apiece. I get it. If you really want to focus on how much worse it would have been in the other direction, fine. You go ahead and spend your emotional capital doing that. I'm not going to because it's so common and it's so much a part of sports and has been for literally 50 years that I'm not going to spend much time being you know, angsty and angry over something that is incredibly common. Incredibly common. I mean, you go back to Cornbread Maxwell telling the story of Larry Bird showing up out of Indiana State for the first time in Celtics camp, talking about, yeah, you know, I got this white boy. I'm, I'm going to shut him down. I'm going to cover him. And then he said, boom, he hits a jumper. Then he hits another jump. Like, damn, this white boy can play. Okay, it's a part of it. And if you want to focus on the inequity or how imbalanced, that, go for it. By all means, you do you. But the reality is, this is sports. This is trash talk. It's always been around. It's always been a part of the game. And and I think the real story coming out of yesterday should be, Luka Doncic is unbelievable, unfreaking believable. What that guy did yesterday. I mean, another triple double, another playoff triple double, and joined a pretty, let's call it, elite group of players to have the, the most points with a winning buzzer beater in an NBA playoff game. Dame Lillard, 50 points, did it in 2019, hit a buzzer beater. LeBron James, 44 points, hit a buzzer beater in 2018. Uh, 2019, Kawhi Leonard, 41 points in a buzzer beater. Michael Jordan, 1989, 44 points in a buzzer beater. And now Luka's on the list. That's how incredible this kid has been. Watching him has been amazing. And you know what? I laughed at Josh Parcell, and I still don't think he can say this in earnest yet. When Josh walked in here and said he's got a chance to be a top three player of all time. I can't go that far yet. But if you really want to have a debate 
about how good this kid is at 21 years old relative to some of the all-time greats at 21 years old, oh, we can have a conversation about that, at least from a statistical standpoint. Now, you, you can bring LeBron James into the discussion, into the mix, and I would still you know, give LeBron James the nod, give him the edge, right? Because he took that, that, that Cavaliers team to the NBA Finals at 21 years old and put up some insane numbers doing it. LeBron is an athletic freak who got better and better and better over time. I, I, do, I agree with some who would say that Luka was probably a bit more polished at 21 years old than LeBron was at 21. I'd still give the edge to LeBron. But I'd say Luka might be a bit more polished than LeBron was. And it, it's in large part due to the fact that, that uh, Luka's been playing professionally since he was 16 years old. He's been playing professionally in the EuroLeague since he was 16, playing against grown men. So he had a bit of an advantage in that way. But he is the story coming out of this weekend. And, and not only that, the fact that the Atlanta Hawks are sitting at home right now thinking to themselves, we, we traded this kid away? You, we traded him? What, what do you mean you didn't think that he was going to be this good? You, you, you traded him. And now we, we, we could have had a Luka. Don't be like the Atlanta Hawks, folks. Don't be like the Atlanta sports teams. 28-3 to in the Super Bowl, and they traded away Luka Doncic. Unbelievable. <laughs> man, we got soft as a society, man. But the thing about it is the same people who are often telling me how soft we become as a society are the ones who want to see, uh, who want me to scream about double standards today. Either we're too soft or we're not. Let them trash talk. It's not for us anyway. It's funny when we hear it, but it's not for us. You know, kudos to Luca for handling it in stride. Kudos to Montrez Harrell for issue it, for delivering the apology man to man like you're supposed to do it and then moving on. I just wish Luca would have worn a BA white boy t-shirt to the game. That would have been great. All right, hit us up, 704-570-9610. Asa Abloy phone lines, building center text line. We got a lot to get to. Bobby Marks, ESPN front office insider, coming up in about 28 minutes. But when we come back, apparently everybody's having a great training camp. I'll tell you why next. You're in the clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ. I think this draft is going to be a really good draft. Um, uh, I think even if we stayed at eight, I thought we were going to get a good player. Uh, but moving to three does push you in a different category. And I think, you know, around the sports world, I think, you know, if you look at the mock drafts, everybody seems to have the same three guys in the top three. Now, I won't mention who they are. Everybody kind of knows who they are. You know, that might be true. That might not be true. Uh, but I think it will be a good draft. Mitch Kupchak, Hornets GM here on Sports Radio FNZ from Friday saying he thinks it's a, a good draft. And look, I, I guess it depends on how you qualify it or, or how you would determine good versus okay or a shallow domestic pool of players, which is certainly what's been said about this NBA draft. But Mitch saying, hey, it's a good draft. And I agree with him from the standpoint in that there are a handful of, I think, clearly good players in this draft who will be great. We don't know. There are some signs that a couple of these guys could be great. But as we know, in each and every NBA draft, there are plenty of those guys who turn out to be anything but. And and I say that to, to say this. It's time for snap judgment. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? we got to keep our composure. What the hell's going on out here? I'm not going to stop yelling because then that'll mean I lost the fight. Your language is offensive. 
Instantly, I regret saying that. That was a horrible thing to say. I may be wrong, but I doubt it. Pick at three. Pick at three. What do I mean by that? I'm driving around this morning, picking up the coffee as we do each and every morning weekdays here. As I'm heading into work, I got the Mac attack on. I hear Mac and Bone talking about uh, the, the number three overall pick. Who should they go with? Wiseman, LaMelo, Obi, uh, whoever else may be there at the third overall pick. And then I hear Bone say, I got people texting into the show saying the Hornets should look to trade the pick. You know, try to package the three and, and Miles Bridges or you know the, the third pick and, and something else to go get Zach Levine. And, and Kobe, what? Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Uh, Al Horford was brought up a couple of years ago. The, the Kimba the, the, the Walker-led Hornets. And Kimba gets paired up with Al Horford, you know, for a year. And it, or Al Jefferson, excuse me. My, my memory is working super well this morning. And, yeah, they made the playoffs. Yeah, it was fine for a little while. But that's not what this Hornets team needs to be about. That's not what Mitch Kupchak says this Hornets team is going to be about. It's still not a free agency destination, and it may not be for a while, if ever, becoming a truly free agent destination, an attractive place for big-time free agents. So then how do you build? You build through the draft. That's how you do it. So for all this talk of you know taking the third overall pick and trying to deal it away for a more established player, a more established commodity, no, stop it. This is a pretty young Hornets team with some building blocks that were established this past season. And this fan base has some excitement, real excitement for the first time in what feels like forever. That's because it is forever since this team had truly, truly meaningful things to be excited about. This fan base especially. Make the pick at three. Go get Wiseman, go get Ball, go get Toppin, whatever your evaluation tells you, whoever your evaluations tell you is the best player in this draft for the Hornets at three. Go get that guy and keep putting the building blocks together. Don't take that from this fan base. I don't think they're going to, by the way. But just to reiterate, do not take that from this fan base. Don't deal away the third overall pick to go get a Zach Levine or anything along those lines. There's nothing inherently wrong with Zach Levine, but why would you do that? They're still in the beginning stages of reconstructing the Hornets roster, trying to build something that is sustainable. Something that will be a consistent postseason contender year over year. That's the goal. That's why you're in business. Every single year, you're aiming for that. Don't try to cut corners. If Luka Doncic can be drafted third overall, the Hornets can go find their Luka third overall if he's out there in this draft. He may be, he may not be. But there are some good players in the 2020 NBA draft, as you just heard Mitch Kupchak say. So don't get, don't get uh, impatient. Don't try to cut corners. Do it right. Draft talent, develop talent, and build something that is sustainable here in Charlotte. That's Snap Judgment, inspired by Carolina Custom. If you can dream it, they can build it. Go to carolinacustomwheels.com. I am I'm I'm I see a lot of reaction to the Luca thing from the opening segment there. It, 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 what bothers me about the Luca conversation, you know, Montrez Harrell of the uh, of the Clippers called him a BA white boy. And people got all up in arms. Ah, it's, a, it's racist. It's a double standard. These are the same people who also hit me up on a daily basis telling me how soft and PC the world has become. Okay, you cannot have it both ways. Just because we live in a, a very tempestuous, very hypersensitive climate right now, given, given the state of the world. And that is reality. But these are many of the same people on a daily basis saying, oh, it's too PC out there. You, just, you can't say anything without getting in trouble. The world's gotten soft. But this happens. 
and we're screaming about double standards. It's sports. It's trash talk. Okay, this this is how the, this is how it's worked for nigh on forty or fifty years in the NBA. But all of a sudden, we we've got to go after Montrez Harrell with pitchforks. The man handled it like a grown man should. He said a thing that he probably shouldn't have said. You know, because regardless of how common it is, you, you don't want to say things like that. But sometimes in the heat of anger, the heat of competition, it happens. Then he approaches Luca at half court before the game and says, hey, man, my bad. Got a little carried away. And they squashed it. And they were great after the fact. Luca said, no, nah, man, I'm good. It, it's competition. It's the way this thing works. They're fine. But now we got people out here saying he's got to be suspended. If the NBA truly cares about social justice and equality, I've got these messages coming in right now, too. And, and by the way, the NBA has created part of this climate and atmosphere. That part's undeniable. When they had a complete and total embrace of Black Lives Matter and social justice initiatives and social issues, okay, they thrust themselves into the conversation. I do not deny that. But you can't, out of one side of your mouth, complain about the world becoming too soft and going too PC, you know, and, and going way too whatever direction you think it's going in, and then turn around and lose your mind about something like this garden variety nba trash talk basketball trash talk the same things cornbread maxwell was saying to larry bird 40 years ago you can't turn around and lose your mind over this right now because of the hypersensitivity or perceived hypersensitivity of the world this is sports so if they ever mic'd, this is why you couldn't mic up nfl players this fall if you tried to really let these guys let it fly this fall in empty stadiums or mostly empty stadiums You'd have a dozen FCC violations in every broadcast. You couldn't do it. You think what Montrez Harrell said was bad. You think that was offensive. Or you think that should be punished. Well, I mean, get a load of, of what's going to come out of you know, some of the mouths of these, these players on the field this fall. And what can be picked up by those, those shell microphones on the sideline. I mean, Smoke, you and I have talked about this before. There is a reason that the NFL, the Fox and CBS, are going to have to use crowd noise during these broadcasts because the th you you would literally have an FCC violation every other play if you didn't do that. Yeah, you said 12 at least. Uh, that is a very conservative guess. I am going up into the uh, 40s range uh, per game. That's how much I think it would be much of a problem with the NFL and the FCC. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's I, I, like I didn't know the hubbub about it as much because I didn't catch it during the game in game three on Friday. But when I heard what it was, it's like, Really? <laughs> this, is, this is what the big hubbub is about? Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. I kind of laughed. It, it's, but you know what? Again, you have to do those things. They're, they're going to have to cover that up. Again, if you think what happened between Montrez and Luca was bad, spend some time on the sidelines of an NFL game and hear what gets said. If I mean, Some of y'all would faint. You wouldn't even know what to do with yourselves. And then some of you are the same people screaming, PC this, the world's too soft that. Let men be men. But then this happens. Oh, he's got to be suspended. He's got to be – send him to purgatory for forever. Get over yourselves, okay? There's a whole lot of wanting to be offended right now, and it is so terribly obnoxious. Salesman hit me up on Twitter and said, man, these fools whining about B.A. White Boy have never stepped foot on an athletic field. Trash talk is nearly an endearment in sports. Tighten up, softies. I mean, <laughs> dude, we used to run to the local rec center on Sundays. That was a place to go. And I, I was an average basketball player, right? But I love to play. And when we were kids, like, you know, early teens, 15, 16, we would go out on Sundays. There'd be 20 grown men out there playing. That was your indoctrination into what it meant to play sports as a grown man. And, boy, you got your eyes open really quickly with some of those 25, 30, 35-year-old guys really got to trash talking. 
or when a fight almost broke out, you realized you weren't playing with your buddies anymore, right? That's just a part of the game that you experience and you come to know it as normal. And it's not about condoning the language, you know, or condoning codified races or any of that stuff. It's just so common and has been for nearly a half century. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking about Luka Doncic and Montrez Harrell. Getting into that uh, that spat over the weekend, Montrez Harrell calls Luka Doncic a B.A. white boy, and well, the, the, the collective world seemingly lost their minds over it, and I don't get it. Uh, Pierce hit us up on Twitter to say, KB, you're preaching today. I, I mean, look, I appreciate it. I understand why logically you could point out and say, well, it's, it's a double standard. That's hypocrite. It's common. It's just the way this thing goes. It's happened for 50 years. Now, all of a sudden, the same people calling the world PC and too soft are up in arms over this. Pick a side, pick a lane, and stay there. You know, otherwise, you're being the hypocrite, period. 704-570-9610. Asa Abloy phone lines, building center text line. Coming up in uh, 11 minutes, we'll talk to Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. Bobby has been, obviously, live tweeting a ton of these playoff games. NBA playoffs, the start of these playoffs has been phenomenal. I've been talking about a Lu- I've been talking about Luka today. That's to say nothing of what Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray did yesterday, uh, dueling each other for 50-plus point performances. First time in NBA playoffs that's happened. Uh, and so we got to talk about that. The Lakers seem to have figured it out. The Bucks seem to have figured it out against Orlando. And, of course, there's Kemba, who helped the Celtics sweep the 76ers out of the playoffs. And then after the game had the audacity to say, I've never been here before. That's why I came to Boston. This feels good. Up 3-0 in a playoff series. Never felt this way before. People got their feelings hurt when he said that. Some did. Some people were like, oh, is, that, is he throwing shade at Charlotte? Here's Kimba after the game. It feels good. It feels good. Um, you know, this is this is the reason I came to Boston, you know, to, to be able to play in the playoffs and advance, uh, play high-level basketball. So, you know, it feels good. So, did, did anybody hear shade in that con- did any was any that, that's ex- that's just truth right there you know I hate to say it but the Hornets failed that guy they did as an organization and I'm talking about years ago when they failed to make the proper moves to to support him with a surrounding cast that was sustainable that they could pay and keep you know outside of Al Jefferson they, they failed him you know the Nick Patoom contract turned out to be the anvil around the neck of the organization, and by extension, Kimba Walker. They failed him. Like, Kimba was a phenomenal citizen of Charlotte. I don't know anybody who has a bad thing to say about that guy. He could have been a lot tougher on Charlotte right there, by the way. All he said was, this is why I came to Boston, is to be up 3-0 in this series, and then, of course, to eventually sweep the 76ers. That is why he went to Boston. He signed for a little bit less money. Well, I mean, $20 million is a lot of money. But, you know, he signed for less money to go to Boston to contend for titles, to play for one of the most iconic franchises in all of American professional sports. And already his experience there is very different from what it was with the Hornets. Why can't he say that? He, he should be able to say that because it's true. With his fourth playoff win this year, he already has more career playoff wins with the Celtics than he did with the Hornets. He won three playoff games with Charlotte. He now has four with the Boston Celtics. I I don't think many people are, but I did hear and see some criticism or some backlash toward Kemba for those comments. Come on, y'all. It's it's in line with the whole the world's getting soft. Let I mean he's this he's where he should be. 
in terms of his career. Now, I, I, you could make the case he should be with the Hornets had they done right by him. But based on the fact that they didn't, you know, he's back in Boston. He's winning games. He's happy, and I'm happy for him. And that series between the Raptors and the Celtics, ooh, that's going to be good. You want to talk about a pickup game. Last night's uh, Raptors-Brooklyn Nets game, that was a lot of fun. We'll get to it all. We'll talk to Bobby Marks, ESPN front office insider, next here in the clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ. Benny Smith to inbound. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Doncic wins the game at the buzzer! Mike Breen on the call. And I, I got, I mean, if you were watching that game after seeing what Luca did, yeah, he, he misfired on an air ball about a minute before that. But man, I mean, outside of that, who didn't think that ball was going down when it came out of his hands? I know I did. After watching Luca last night, he was incredible. And if you were watching that game in Atlanta, it had to hurt. I mean, it really, really had to hurt. But you know what, man? Everybody misses. Sometimes you miss in the draft and it comes back to haunt you and everybody has that guy. And for the Atlanta Hawks, Luca just might be that guy. But we'll talk about that and a whole lot more right now with ESPN front office insider, former uh, assistant GM and vice president of the Nets. We've got Bobby Marks back with us on the Technicom hotline. Bobby, how are you, buddy? Oh, line seven. There we go. Let me uh, let me get back to this real quick. We got line seven here. I, that's what it is. Actually, Smoke, put him up there for me. I appreciate it. No, we lost him. How about that? Well, we'll try to get Bobby back on the line then. I guess we'll uh, we'll find out what happened there. All right, 704-570-9610. You can always find us on the Asa Abloy phone lines, the Building Center text line, and on Twitter at Kyle Bailey Club. It's at Kyle Bailey CLUB. I've still got people chiming in on the Luca Montrez Harrell thing. Keep that coming. Uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see your perspectives on this. I really am, and and I'm also getting a lot of people responding to the Kemba Walker comments. Kemba Walker didn't say anything wrong when he said this is why I came to Boston, and I think most fans get that. I think most fans understand that when he said, this is why I came here, to be up 3-0 in a playoff series. That is, in fact, why he went there. It's a better franchise, historically. That goes without saying. That's why he's there. The goal for the Hornets now is to build into, maybe not that, you know, but something approaching that at some point. All right, we got him back on the line. ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks back with us here on the Technicom hotline. Bobby, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How much are the uh, the folks in Atlanta kicking themselves this morning over Luka Doncic? I mean, I think the signs were already there, but especially after yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, they certainly have a, um, a really good player in Trey Young. I yep. think he probably kicking people in Phoenix and Sacramento are probably kicking themselves a little more. Um, certainly Sacramento, um, you know, with, with Marvin Bagley and the inability to stay on the, on the court, uh, you know, he hasn't been healthy at all. And, you know, I think DeAndre Ayton certainly has, you know, the upside to be a, a very good player. But, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, the, the crazy part was is that, like, Luka just didn't sneak up on people during the draft process. Like, like our guys at ESPN were all over him, you know, from the beginning. And it wasn't just, like, this guy that, you know, who had been playing in Spain and, like, you know, was – People there was question questions about, but you know, I mean, he yeah, I mean, he's as good as as, as advertised, and I mean, that's the that's the beauty of the draft when you find a franchise level player, right? And he wasn't at the number one pick, uh, and I said it yesterday, like you can do a lot of fun things with that now, right? Like <laughs> that is a drawing card, uh, and they, you know, you win a game yesterday without Porzingis on the court, 
And um, they'll have a ton of flexibility when we get to the summer of 2021, not, not this upcoming summer. But And you got a great coach in Rick Carlisle. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the goal. I mean, there's like, you know, it's like kind of finding like that, you remember that? You know, I guess it was uh, what Willy Wonka. You find that golden ticket in the in the in the candy bar, right? Like, there's not that many of those around, and they they certainly found one. No doubt. So, in terms of the the quality of the play of the NBA playoffs to this point, I thought some of the seeding games were really good. I thought some were kind of sleepy and really not worth the time. But I did have an expectation that these games would really ratchet up in the intensity when the actual playoffs began. I think that's what we've seen, Bobby. What what have you seen? No, I agree, and I think you know people will probably point to some of these sweeps that we saw. I think some of it has to do with, um, and, and, and you know, when you, when you get to playoffs, you know, you kind of you, you know, if you're down 2-0, and uh, if you were Philadelphia, you'd have that Sixers crowd to kind of rely on, maybe to kind of steal you a game. I think we're, we're you know, I don't think that would have happened in the, in the Toronto, uh, you know, Brooklyn series. Yeah, I think every game has been pretty. Um, you know, pretty competitive. I think that Denver Utah series, um, you know, is a heck of a heck of a series here with two pretty evenly teams that got guys that are out. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been high level. Um, you know, it's you know, as I said, you know, after once we got through the first couple of weeks, summer camp was over. There was kind of be a little bit more of a distaste for um, for players. You saw that in um, Game Three of the Clipper um, the Clipper Dallas series here. So. Yeah, I think you have to be pleased as far as where the league is is right now. I mean, if the Eastern Conference is setting up for, you know, certainly a, um, you know, we already got Boston, Toronto, and we're probably looking at Milwaukee, um, Milwaukee, Miami, which would be, uh, you know, a heck of a Final Four in the East. Bobby Marks, ESPN front office insider, he's with us on the Technicom Hotline. Bobby, let me ask you about the draft. I was talking, of course, with the Hornets here, we're talking about the third overall pick coming up in October. Fans are really excited. They jumped up in the draft for the first time in 21 years. And and I'm talking on Friday about the James Wiseman's, uh, LaMelo Ball, Obi Toppin, who it might be. But more broadly, I was I was reading back on a Tom Haberstroh piece from last year where he, he kind of takes an analytical look at the draft in the last decade. And his conclusion is that despite all the, the analytics and, and the predictive analysis and everything else, it looks like these front offices are actually having a more difficult time drafting at the, the beginning of the draft. Do you buy that? Do you, do you think that's true? I do. I do. I, and I asked the, um, a general manager even before the lottery started, I said, what's, what's the worst position to be in when, when, uh, you know, when, when you're picking in October and they said, number one, you know, you're, you're almost kind of more content being in that three to four or five range there. I mean, yeah, of course, if, if Zion or John Morant were, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, some of these other, um, you know, these franchise level type players were at one and that's a little bit different. But I think I think especially this year, there's no as we know, there's no exact science to how the draft goes, right? It's so much different than how the NFL is and the NFL is more about um, based on need. If there's a, if you need a quarterback and he's there, you're going to take him or a lineman here and, and the NBA is more about kind of best best available here. I don't know who the best available is right now because when you talk about Lamelo and uh, Anthony Edwards from Georgia and, and James Wiseman, um, they're pretty even. I mean, our guys would probably say Lamelo. Um, so you might see teams kind of shifting a little bit towards um, towards that neat base. Yeah, I mean, James Wiseman might be the best available, and he might be the, the you know he is a need in um, you know in, in Charlotte here. So um, yeah, or if you're at seven or eight, you know you might that guy three years from now might be better than what that than who's at one or two. So. It's um, you got to rely on your scouting department. They're going to dig in deep as far as from the video, and sometimes guys that are you know that short bet 
um, in, instead of maybe hitting a home run or is sometimes the safer way to go here. But, yeah, there is no exact science when it comes to uh, comes to the draft. Who do you like? And I, I, let me say this. I, I like Wiseman. To your point, I like him for a lot of reasons. Uh, I could be sold on LaMelo Ball, though I'm not crazy about him. And I, I love Obi Toppin, too. I don't think Edwards falls yeah. to three to the Hornets. Who, who do you like in that group? I, I think Obi's different just because he's probably he's got the more body of work and he needs the older, more experienced player here. So I kind I think you kind of know um, what you get. I think with um, you know the three guys that are projected to go up top, you know you're really going to you know there's such a limited body of work because of what happened this year. You know especially with James in, at Memphis and Lamelo was hurt and you know was playing uh, over in Australia and New Zealand there, um, and then you know with Anthony. As far as, you know, a really inconsistent year here, I, I like, you know, I, I do like point guards. I like big point guards. But then that, that runs into the story, right? You got Devontae, you got Terry. Are you going um, are you going to go away from that? Or are you going to, or are you just going to kind of figure out how to make it work if he's, if he's staring at three there? So all three guys are, you know, are pretty even, um, you know, from, from how I look at it. Bobby, before I let you go, I was thinking about it this morning, and Kobe Bryant was supposed to have turned 42 years old yesterday. Mm-hmm. I recall you mentioning a story. I don't know the details, but I, wasn't a young Bobby Marks one, once upon a time sent to Lower Marion High School to go scout Kobe Bryant? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, you're no, you're right. I mean, it was my uh, it was right after I got hired in '96, and uh, you know, back then we didn't have a big scouting department at all, and. Um, she, we don't even know if we have a scouting database here. And I had heard about him in a, I think it was a Street and Smith magazine where they had all the high school prospects. And, um, yeah, hopped on a train and asked Will Reed if I can go down and watch him. And sure. And I saw him play in a, in a state playoff game. He really, uh, he was, you know, he was tremendous. Uh, you know, I, did, I played football in college, so I didn't have that much of a basketball background then. And, um, uh, he really kind of, you know, uh, that's the first time I ever saw Kobe and, you know, fast forward, I guess five months later, you know, we brought him up to New Jersey and uh, had him for I think three or four workouts, uh, which was probably illegal back then. And, um, <laughs> acted as his driver uh, and, and drove him around and kind of showed him kind of where players lived. And um, it was very different back then because you could have draft prospects work out against your own NBA players, and not like now. And um, you know, he really, he really you know, had his way. Um, you know, in his workout, I think he went against Ed O'Bannon and, and Khalid Reeves, who were you know pretty good pretty good NBA players. And, um, yeah, so that was kind of my, uh, baptism by fire with, um, how I kind of got introduced to Kobe Bryant. Love it. Bobby Marks, ESPN, NBA front office insider with us on the Technicom hotline. Hey, I guess before I let you go, give me a quick, uh, Bobby Marks, uh, b- prediction here. Who who's, uh, who's winning the title? Well, shoot, my predictions can go out the window because I had Denver going to the NBA Finals before the even season starts. So they might lose in five games. I'm actually writing them right now. And, uh, I was not planning to write a Denver Nuggets offseason article here. but um, And if you asked me about the Clippers, I said, yeah, their depth is going to get them through. And now they're in a dogfight 2-2 here. So I think I like Toronto. I really do. We'll see what happens with Kyle's ankle here um, and, and where he is. But I mean, that team is like all business, right? It's like punch in, punch out. We kind of know who we are. We've got a chip on our shoulder. Nobody is counting uh, counting on us right now. So I, I do like Toronto. I think if LeBron and AD at West can play like they did in, um, in game three, they are going to be a, 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 you know, a tough out here. Bobby, thank you, buddy. Have a great week. Enjoy the playoffs. 
I appreciate it. Thank you. There you go. Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider and former VP and assistant GM of then the New Jersey Nets uh, with us on the Technicom hotline. That guy's just a a wealth of knowledge, a, a wealth of basketball wisdom. He's been around a long time. And, and he's I like what he said about the top of the NBA draft right there because he's right. That's why the Hornets in this particular draft, the Hornets having the third pick may be as good as having the first pick. In, in this particular draft, because there is no clear-cut number one overall pick. There is no Zion Williamson in this year's draft. I mean, I, I think we all, anybody paying attention, looks at that and, and sees it that way. There is no definitive number one overall pick, because even though Anthony Edwards, for instance, has he's a slight Vegas favorite to be the number one overall pick, you can find just as many people that are skeptical of Anthony Edwards as you do those who think he's a surefire lock to be a great pro. I mean, even you go back to eight, go back to 2018. DeAndre Ayton, you know, goes first overall to the Phoenix Suns. He's been a good player, and the Suns that was that was the guy they settled on. They needed that kind of player, but Luca could have just as easily gone number one. Marvin Bagley could have gone number one. There only there are a lot of years where we have a presumed number one pick. Some years we don't. This is one of those years where it's wide open. So while if you're going to be that high, I guess you could say you'd rather have the first overall pick picking third. You may very well easily get the best player in this draft. And that's, by the way, what happened for Dallas. Now, Atlanta drafted him first, the Luka Doncic, that is, but they drafted him third overall in 2018. Well, the guy who went third turned out to be the best player in the draft. And there are countless examples of that. The Hornets have a great opportunity. Let's see where they go. We'll talk a bit about this next. On the other side, Chris Patola, by the way, coming up in about 30 minutes to talk about precisely this, a full breakdown of all the prospects in the top end of this draft. we got a bunch of football to get to as well and some great audio next. You're in the clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ.